0: Hello Fisball friends and welcome to Fisball Inside, the weekly podcast magazine of the International Fizzball Association. I'm IFA President Jörn and co-host is
1: our Secretary General Chris. Hi Chris. Hi Jörn and hello Fisball world. This is already episode number 11, unbelievable 11 episodes. That's really great and it's a long time we are recording uh, this podcast and edition number 11 was recorded on the 15th of october
0: yeah it was great in our last uh, edition number 10 we had stefan fox uh, who joined us and uh, like we learned today from our australian French, which published just today their uh, next episode uh, they had a special guest uh, which came from the united states cory dunn but we today have many of topics to talk about. So uh, we stay within our own team. What will we talk about?
1: Yeah, we have uh, a lot of different topics. We are talking about our last board meeting, which was held last Saturday on the 11th of October, uh, well, the 10th of October. Sorry for that. Uh, we are talking about uh, the fistball indoor season in Austria and the hygiene concept fistball Austria developed. And the third topic is uh, the European Champions Cup, which has to be cancelled, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, should we start with, with Austria? Because I think uh, that it's very interesting for all the feasible nations around the world to hear what the current plans are for the indoor season in Austria. It's unbelievable, but we will do like the soccer players. We will do testing in Austria to start the indoor season.
1: Yeah, absolutely Jörn. Uh, unbelievable. Fistball is going for pro sport, you can uh, say so, because in Austria only uh, sports pros has to be tested uh, with a PCR test and as uh, Fistball is also uh, sport for strong guys uh, and the first division has also uh, provide testing, prevention concept, uh, they made for the upcoming indoor season. It's really quite complicated. But Fisball Austria is really doing a great job. And um, I'm saying that because I know how hard it is to to make such concept and to provide different ideas and solutions. So applause uh, especially to the to Hannes Dienberg as a secretary general of Fisball Austria and his team. And uh, they also provided an online meeting uh, for frequently asked questions and they provided some uh, answers and solutions was really interesting uh, but the indoor season will be really tough. I can tell you also as a uh, as a head of my local club uh, the indoor season it was planned Uh, that a maximum of 10 people is allowed in one training group. Uh, Lucky us, it's allowed to have 20 people in one training group um, in fistball. but uh, indoor there are only allowed 10 spectators, that's really nothing. Uh, Only two teams against each other, the third team which is common to have three teams uh, in one venue. The third team has to leave that when you go outside or go up to the stands um, you have to have a longer break between the matches Um, yeah it's it's really complicated and uh, yeah the newest thing is all first division players has to be tested before the training start and before the first match of the season and that's, that's not only a lot of effort to put in as a club but also a lot of costs for the clubs.
0: I can understand that concept uh, if we are talking about professional players uh, who earn their money uh, from that sport, but uh, how do you handle this uh, when the players are involved also in youth trainings? Uh, Because uh, sometimes if you heard about the tennis players, they live in a bubble, Um, they stay within the bubble, they don't have contact to the outdoor uh, world. And how do you do this in football in Austria?
1: Yeah, very good question. And that's one of uh, the problems we have in our local club. You have to test uh, this person again. So, for example, uh, one of our first division players is also a youth coach. Uh, Then you have to test him again after the youth training. And of course, we can talk now about does that make any sense? Because uh, he's in contact with other people who are not tested when uh, the youth coach is going to school, or going to work, or within his family. Uh, so, in in my opinion, that regulation doesn't make any sense, but it's written down and we have to do it that way. Uh, and so we do, also in my club. And as I said, uh, there are a lot of costs, and we, had, we have to cover, and hopefully there are any subsidies from the Austrian uh, government in Austrian state.
0: Talking about the costs, uh, what's the price for, for such a testing uh, in Austria? It, it's, there are different tests I know and uh, the costs uh, differ very much, uh, but the tests uh, which are, should now be used in Austria, do you have a, a price average?
1: Yeah, that's quite interesting. So there are offers of different laboratories and uh, we decided for the pooling tests. That means uh, you you test five, five people and uh, there's only one, uh, how should I say it, one, one test in the end uh, and the cost of one pooling test is 99 euros. That means per person it's uh, around 20 euros. But if one of these five people is positive you have to test each of those five people and then the costs are 120 or 130 euros per person so in the end if you have to do it uh, twice per person and uh, you have a big uh, big roster in your team um, yeah as i said a lot of costs for the teams
0: seems to be visible for um team sports who earn TV money. Um, I'm not sure whether this works out in, in Fisball. Well, but let's see. And uh, as I understood, uh, you're still discussing this uh, with the authorities within the uh, Fisball Federation. Uh, and maybe this leads also to the to the next topic. Uh, you already mentioned it, the, the cancellation of the European Champions Indoor Cup, which was planned for the beginning of January. Uh, it's now the middle of October, um, maybe a little bit, too early. What do you personally think about that?
1: Uh, Yeah, telling the truth, yes. In my opinion, it's a bit too early uh, to cancel that event. I absolutely understand the position of the European Federation and uh, all my respect to them. Uh, It's always a hard decision to to cancel or postpone any event. And uh, yeah, we know uh, about all discussions we had within the last month about our international and worldwide events, Uh, but yeah, more than three months to go to that event, in my opinion, it's a bit too early because, first of all, it was an indoor event, it's uh, just an inner Europe event, no teams from overseas, um, and all teams are playing in the highest uh, league in their country and they, they also need any prevention concepts in their leagues uh, and so they should be prepared and uh, if you also um, have any concepts to allow spectators yeah uh, I guess there currently there should uh, be enough time to, to, to look for any solutions and to host the event. But I know, uh, as I said, uh, how hard it is and uh, I also understand the European Federation. Um, but in my eyes, it's a bit too early. What's your opinion?
0: You, you said it. I'm uh, referring to the three months uh, time between the decision and the event. Uh, that refers also to when we took the decision concerning our Women's World Championship in Chile, but um, uh, I think the main difference is uh, that was a really international event uh, involving all continents, and uh, the situation especially in South America is much more different uh, from the the one we currently face in in Europe, Uh, and so um, I would um, have loved if the European federation would have thought about uh, hosting the event without spectators it's uh, nevertheless um it's an event and uh, it could bring back fizzball on tv and uh, so maybe this could have been an opportunity uh, we all know that uh, the event will not be if it happens in january uh, in the same uh, mode in the same spectators atmosphere and the same venues uh, like in the past but um it could have been an alternative uh, to think more uh, in detail about.
1: Yeah, and as, as you said, um, the Champions Cup is an event and uh, it's much more interesting to hold any events in a time where many other events are cancelled. So it would have been also a big chance for, for Fistball. There are no other outdoor events, uh, in ball sports um, at least. And maybe also some skiing World Cups uh, will be cancelled, and uh, so fistball could, yeah, could be something like last man standing or last event standing. Um, could be also a chance, and that's why I would, um, yeah, I would have been waited uh, for a final decision, and you can cancel such an indoor event also much later than than it happened now.
0: Coming from cancellation and postponement, formally it was postponed, it was not cancelled, it was postponed to next year if I understood that right. Uh, I'm asking myself how this would work out with a new format uh, if you integrate this um, currently Uh, already qualified clubs and next year maybe another four will come uh, around the corner and then it's uh, some different event Um, but let's come come to the third and last topic of uh, our today's podcast which is uh, the results of the already seventh uh, board meeting board of directors meeting last saturday on the 10th of october Uh, full agenda and uh, plenty of things to talk about of course uh, also the event calendar for next year uh, which is uh, very interesting and uh, hopefully and let's cross our fingers we'll run most of the event maybe we we start with a short uh, overview about the events uh, as far as we can publish it already today uh, because uh, there are some decisions uh, which are prepared but uh, are not yet uh, in a in a mood to be uh, published Um, would you like to go through the calendar
1: Sure, I'm happy to go through our calendar, and it will be a really cool, tough, and interesting Fistball schedule, twenty twenty one. First of all, in the beginning of Gen- in the beginning of next year, so it's the thirtieth of January. It's the sixty-first birthday uh, of our International Fistball Association. It's really cool, and. Uh, I would like to call it in the future as a World Fizzball Day.
0: And that's a cool idea. Let, let, let's do it. And maybe uh, your Fizzball friends around the world have an idea how we should celebrate that World Fizzball Day at the beginning of the year 2021, uh, being back and saying the truth. We missed obviously the 60th birthday. Uh, so let's celebrate the 61st uh, birthday. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm happy for any ideas from our uh, fistball audience and feel free to send us your ideas to podcast at ifa-fistball.com. Yeah, uh, later this year, I'm just talking about our international or worldwide uh, events. Let's call it that way. In the middle of May from the um, 12th to the 16th of May, uh, the IFA two and two fistball world championship. Uh, will take place the first time ever in Leipzig within the framework of the International uh, German Gymnastics Festival, complicated name in the English version. Uh, just two weeks later, the CSIT World Sport Games takes place in Italy in Cesenatico at the Adriatic coast from the first to the sixth of June, and uh, the. Fisball Amateur World Cup will be played within that multi-sport festival. And also two weeks later, the next multi-sports festival takes place uh, where fisball is part of. The Tafisa World Sport for All Games uh, takes place in Lisbon, Portugal from the 18th to the 24th of June. Uh, Jürgen, I just mentioned three multi-sports festivals. May you could explain us the difference between those three festivals and why we are part of?
0: yeah these are umbrella organizations tafisa let's start with the last one uh, with lissabon Uh, this is tafisa that's uh, the sports for all umbrella organization uh, which is uh, involving also national governments uh, and that's uh, why we ask for a showcase of fizzball at that stage and it's important to present uh, especially sports who are not yet well recognized around the world to to um to countries and to regions and uh, that's the reason why we participate there. Uh, the event of the CSIT in Cesenatico, it's uh, the so-called World Sport Games, uh, it's the amateurs sports uh, umbrella organization. We have been invited uh, two years ago uh, when we have been to, um, to Spain, uh, there we conducted the first uh, football amateurs world cup and now it's our event uh, for the sports for all commission for clubs uh, to become a world amateur cup winner and it was great it's a little bit more uh, fun part is very important that's uh, you also already see that with the destination it's sun it's uh, next to the coast Uh, it's a combination for clubs to go there to have a training situation but also to play uh, an event and maybe to become a world cup winner and uh, that's uh, the main difference between that organization both are taken care of um, but if you go to Cesenatico, you will be part of an opening ceremony, like in the Olympics. You have a walk into the stadium. Uh, the the overall size of that event uh, maybe more than six, seven, eight, nine thousand um, people, and that's really uh, great. I was uh, there in Spain uh, two years ago. It, it was no, it was last year. Sorry, it was last year uh, in Spain, yeah. and it was great. And uh, in in Portugal, two weeks later, with Tafisa, it's more a showcase. Uh, we're looking for also for, for uh, sportsmen and football players who want to uh, participate in that event, but it's it's more to present the sport and to convince uh, the national federations who are not yet playing football. So. Let's uh, go on uh, for the next event, which is already on the agenda and uh, published. It's from the 29th July to the 1st of August in Griskirchen, your hometown. So it's uh, to you to say two more words about uh, the under 18 World Championships and the European under 21 World uh, European Championships.
1: Yeah, we are looking forward to that big event. And uh, my organizing committee is working very hard and they have great ideas um, for that event. And uh, we'd like to invite the world to Christkirchen to be part of and to celebrate the Big Fistball Festival with us uh, in the end of July next year. And so cross your fingers, um, everyone is allowed to travel again. And there are two more, Uh, events scheduled for next year, it's our Women's World Championship which is planned in the middle of July and our of course highest uh, club championship, the Fistball World two Finals which should take place in the middle of October in South America, we we published already, it should be held in South America but we didn't publish uh, the hosts for the Women's World Championship and the World two Finals next year. Uh, so, dear friends, please uh, be silent and just wait for two or three, three weeks more uh, and stay tuned where the events will take place.
0: And then we promise you to to publish this uh, uh, event calendar, the full event calendar as soon as possible. Uh, it, of course, you will find all details already on the IFA web page. Other topics uh, of the board meeting have been uh, the very um, the point to approve and to adopt uh, new anti-doping rules of IFA. Uh, as you may know, there is a new uh, VADA code uh, in force with the beginning of 1st of January next year. And a new uh, VADA um, list uh, of prohibited substances is already published. And IFA has to uh, work over and go through the current IFA anti-doping rules. And we did it with the anti-doping administrator, Theresa Eidenhammer, uh, in the past weeks. And uh, we forwarded a draft to VADA and now it was finally approved by the board and is already published on our website. And uh, yeah, it, nothing is different, uh, but everything is new.
1: Absolutely. And just to to underline that, uh, best regards to Teresa Enhammer And I know you're listening to that podcast. Uh, Many thanks for your great work in that issue. And I know uh, to adapt and to to renew the IFA anti-doping rules, it's uh, hard work. And thanks again from Jörn and myself.
0: Absolutely. And uh, one other topic uh, concerning anti-doping in the future, we are are collaborating with the ITA, that's a testing agency and an institute which was established by the International Federations. Uh, there's one special topic uh, which we did in the past with our own capacities, it's the so-called TUE, Therapeutic Use Examinations, and which means if you need some medicine because the doctor says you have to, um, then you have to forward, if you participate in an international event, uh, this uh, formula to, to IFA and uh, it will be dealt by, by doctors uh, whether this is allowed, out or not and um, we specialized or this agency is specialized on dealing with that and for the future we will work together with them uh, because we have just uh, a few cases during the year and it's uh, much more efficient to uh, to share the knowledge and to use the knowledge uh, of that ITA which is based in Lausanne. Another big topic was sustainability. Uh, We adopted and approved uh, some new arrangements for sustainability uh, you may know that we recently established a working group IFA sustainability working group under the leadership or under the chair of Dr. Christian Franzel from Germany and he and his team uh, which is um, composed with experts uh, of that field uh, they made a proposal uh, that we join the initiative a Race to Zero have you ever heard about that?
1: Yeah sure and it's great and very important to be part of that initiative Race to Zero it's about um, uh, greenhouse gases uh, we have to reduce that greenhouse gases uh, at our events by I guess it's 4.5% annually over the next 10 years that means we have to halve our, our greenhouse gases until uh, 2030 and that's quite important uh, that IFA and FISball is part of um, because everyone is uh, we all want to live in a greener and better world in the future.
0: Definitely, and uh, this is integrated, maybe you uh, have heard about the Kyoto Protocol which was approved in 1997 and the Paris Convention in 2015. So it's uh, now five years after uh, the Paris Convention where this reduction was agreed with the civil um, society and the framework of uh, these conventions, uh, the first which was established in 1992 already in Rio. Uh, there the world has to do something to to stop this climate change, and of course, the sports federations have to be part of that and have to do uh, what they can. And FIFA committed uh, themselves uh, to be. Uh, part of that race to zero, as you mentioned, five, 4.5% per year within the next 10 years, which means 45% reduction of greenhouse gases. And if you are asking yourself, what is a greenhouse gas? It's uh, carbon dioxide, uh, CO2 or methane or nitrous oxides, uh, N2O. Uh, these are the kind of gases we are talking about. Yeah, technical and there are of course uh, reports, measure reports and we will publish them. And we do, uh, and we already did a lot in the past. Uh, we used um, public transport, for example, at our events and much more things.
1: Yeah, of course, we tried to reduce our plastics uh, on the venues at the events, uh, use different plastics, uh, not to throw the plastic away. We, have, we started to wash uh, the cups uh, and so on. Uh, We used public transports um, yeah, and many many more because Ines Meyer invented uh, some great ideas for the Women's World Championship two years ago and it was a big uh, dossier, a big document uh, she made and we did a lot of different things especially at the Women's World Championship and also at the following events we held the last years.
0: So as you can see uh, plenty of things uh, which have been discussed within these 90 minutes uh, meeting, uh, very constructive, very productive and uh, also some financial matters. We approved uh, the financial report uh, concerning last year's uh, books and everything is in a good order. Chris, that's it for today. Should we try it out again? At the end of each edition, <laughs> and I think the, the Fizzball friends around the world are already laughing about that. Uh, um, yeah. Let's try it out.
1: Yeah, they are waiting for our last words at every podcast. So let's try it again. And Don't forget. Together, <laughs> we,
0: we are, are Fizzball.
1: Wow. What? Hey.